Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture this morning is from the book of Romans. I'm reading from chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through his spirit that dwells in you. Jesus had limitations. Stay with me. I know that's not how you expected uh, this sermon to begin for me to say that Jesus had limitations. I mean, how, how can that be true? How, has this coronavirus scare turned our pastor into a heretic? Stay with me. Don't shut the computer screen just yet. The limits of Jesus' earthly ministry were time and space. For instance, when Jesus was asleep, he couldn't also be present with the folks in active ministry. When when Jesus was in the Galilee region, he could not at the same time be in Albuquerque or somewhere. The ministry of Jesus was limited to Jesus' placement on the globe at any given time. That's what I mean by Jesus having limitations. But when Jesus was with people, it changed them. A group of hardened men of the sea heard him teach one day, heard him teach, and they let down their sail, they dropped their nets and said, wherever you're going, I'm going with you. They were utterly transformed by his presence. Jesus saw a man born blind, told him, that there should be no darkness when you are in the presence of the light of the world. So he spit on the ground, he made a mud paste, he rubbed it on the man's eyes and told him to go wash. Later, this man told a group of religious skeptics, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Jesus' presence with that man at that time changed his life. A bleeding woman knew if she could only get close enough to touch his clothes, it would be enough. 
She came trembling and touched just the hem of his cloak. And Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your disease. Jesus transformed that one precious life. But when he was with her, he could not at the same time be with the homeless beggar by the gate. When Jesus was out fishing with the disciples and the sea was raging and Fear was taking over everybody, and the water was splashing violently over the bow. And Jesus said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and everything was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Those who were in the boat with him that day immediately experienced the calming peace of Christ's presence in the middle of a storm. Over and over in the gospel story where Jesus is present, the sick are healed, the grieving are comforted, oppressive systems are challenged, distorted religion is exposed, and life-threatening storms lose their power. But the limitation is that the security of Jesus' peace, the comfort and power of Jesus was available only to those who were in the boat with him at the time. So, if on that same day there had been a terrible storm tossing a boat off the coast of Panama City, they did not have access to the same calming peace that those who shared the boat with Jesus had. So Jesus said to the disciples one day, and he, in our imaginations, I think probably said it in the King James English. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. One of the gifts of the resurrection is the Holy Spirit. And I think it's best to imagine the Holy Spirit by imagining that the transformative power of Jesus' presence is no longer limited by time and space. Jesus can be in Galilee and Jerusalem at the same time, Madrid at noon and Mableton at 2.15. The one whose teaching is so compelling that grown men drop their fishing gear. The one who heals, the one who makes the storm go quiet when we are scared out of our minds. He is available now to all of us at all times. The truth of this has just become so apparent to me during this time where you and I have been temporarily separated from each other. I've I've been connected with a lot of you on a Wednesday night prayer call. And, and, you know, some of you in Sandy Springs or Hapeville or Brookhaven. But across the line, I have sensed that God's Spirit is at all of those places at the same time, too. And not only there, but God's Spirit locating us all together. 
And it, in fact, I'm recording this message right now on Friday afternoon. And you're watching it on Sunday morning or Monday night or some other time during the week. But still, we're bound together by the holy magic of God that unleashes the Spirit to be in all places at all times. The writer of Romans says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. Our scripture today reminds us that the Spirit not only heals and brings peace, but this is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. A power stronger even than death dwells within you, and it binds us together. It also helps me to think about the work of the Spirit this way. As I said, the Spirit allows Jesus' presence to be in all places at all times. But it is Jesus who gives definition to the Spirit. Have you heard people make outrageous claims about what God told them to do? Or God told me to take a machine gun to the clinic. Or God told me to paint my hair green and go burn the village or whatever it is. No, God did not. God's Holy Spirit finds definition in what we know of Jesus. And if you cannot imagine the holy child of Mary doing it, then don't ascribe it to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gains definition from what we know of Jesus. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. God's Holy Spirit, Jesus' life-transforming presence dwells in you with no limits of time or space and giving life to your mortal body. And this is exactly what is connecting us now much more than the technology. And and I appreciate all of the good equipment and the great operators, the folks who are here making this happen. And and I love the technology that lets me FaceTime with Lucy and watch her babble and try to talk or uh, that that allows our staff meetings to take place every day at 10 o'clock. And I can see everybody on the Zoom and it looks like the lead in to the Brady Bunch. I love that. I love it when 50 or more of us are on a prayer call together. But it's not the technology that crackles through the wire. It's that we're connected by the same Spirit. Who by God's grace can be with all of us at the same time. And still as singular and as personal and as transformative as if it were only one of us. So that at the same time, while we're on that call together, God might be making mud in the dirt to heal one person in Buckhead 
while at the same time calming a violent storm that's just erupted in a home in Dunwoody. The title for today's sermon is, Who Invented the World Wide Web? Well, maybe that strange title makes a little more sense now. But the original title of this sermon was, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit and Still Have Friends. Spirit-filled Christianity has gotten a really bad rap. Spirit-filled Christians are caricatured as something I don't really recognize or aspire to. But if we understand the Spirit as defined by what we know of Jesus, then the Spirit of Jesus attends us always and animates us to be the presence of Jesus for others. That is the kind of spirit-filled Christian I want to be. By the way, it's exactly the kind of Christianity, the sign of love that this world is hungry for us to be at this very uncertain time. A New York Times writer this week pointed out that the two slogans of this pandemic actually sound like competing positions. Social distancing, and we're all in this together. In ordinary times, he said, these slogans would just compete with each other. But you understand. People united by the Spirit of Christ understand how these two things can go together. While you and I wait to see one another, while we are socially distancing, we're not at all disconnected. It's the Spirit that abides within us, that is within all of us, that allows us to be connected to one another and also to Him. And that's how we can be in this all together. And the one who heals the sick and the one who calms the storms is with you at your home this very moment. That power abides within you in the name of Christ. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.